All right, we're back. Another episode of Content is for Closers. Carlton, what's going on? It's going good, man. We're recording early this morning. Adam's got his nice, deep bass voice on. It. 8 a.m. Yeah. voice. Yeah, it's a little earlier than Yeah, so today we got an episode with Craig Fuller. Super interesting businesses that he runs. The one that we were most familiar with first is called Freight Waves. Uh, we've had a few guests that have talked about that business as well. But really, he's he's mastered the art of turning these massive media business or making these massive media businesses on kind of interesting niche areas. So, Adam, you know a little bit more. Why don't you explain? who he is and what yeah, he's done. I, I want to go even a little bit deeper because it goes, it goes, I mean, Craig deserves all due respect and has earned everything that he has built with freight waves. And now what he really came on to talk about was flying media and flying magazine. But I was just doing a little digging, a little research when I was preparing for this and their family is so fascinating. The Fuller family and Craig's done interviews about their family. If you are in the trucking or logistics space, you're probably familiar with that name. They're kind of like the like the Rothschilds or the like Vanderbilts or something like that of the trucking and logistics space. So he, Craig's grandfather, Clyde, can, comes to Chattanooga and starts a logistics, trucking and logistics company. His his boys, Max, and then stepbrother, David Parker, they then start what are now U.S. Express and Covenant Transport, which again, if you're in the space, if you're in Chattanooga, you know, yeah. <laughs> pillars of the community. If you're in the trucking logistics space, you're familiar with both of those names, both very strong players. And so Max, Craig's father, starts US Express. Craig works in and around that business for a long time, realizes he needs to go start his own thing. And so, you know, does a few different things with varying levels of success until he comes to the idea that he needs to be the data kind of center and the data brokerage essentially for the trucking logistics space. So he starts Freight Waves, which again, we've talked about on this show before. Craig has come on back when we were doing the startup show and talked about Freight Waves. They've collectively raised $92.4 million for that business and are kind of doing a, a, a dual-sided media business for consumers as well as the data side that they're selling into the industry. So huge success you know, and everything that's going on, beautiful building, beautiful space, beautiful team, everything. Craig, though, during COVID decides I need to do another project because, you know, 92.4 with Freight Waves is nice and everything, but like, I like to do other stuff. So has been an aviator, has been a pilot his entire life, goes and buys the media source in that industry, flying media and flying magazine. And has now become CEO of that. And so that's what he comes on to talk about specifically today. But it's just like this crazy, you know, you hear about legacy and business. You hear about, to me, the this family is a modern, you know, a modern dynasty in this very small niche of transportation. It's just super fascinating. Yeah, that really is interesting. And I, I love he makes a point in the episode, but he talks about how he didn't start Freight Waves as a media company. He started as this data and logistics firm, essentially, and then kind of discovered that media was the best way to deliver that. And so I think that's really fascinating. And then he's kind of taken that knowledge about, you know, how you leverage media to have a successful business and applied that to Flying Magazine. And, you know, he makes a great point about owning your audience. We live in such an era right now where owning your audience is kind of difficult. We've 
kind of given away that that ability to several platforms, whether that's you know social media platforms or to some degree even even different software platforms that we that we use. We've kind of given that away. So he talks about having it, owning it, being able to use it for whatever purpose. And in this case, they do something really cool with it, which is starting an entire community. So I, I think yeah, it's a, that that part to me is the most fascinating. It's like when you find someone who is a true to the core entrepreneur who has to continue reinventing and recreating, it's not about selling one product or one type of business. Craig is a perfect example. We've just gone through several and now land development and real estate has become the newest venture. And it's been pretty cool for anyone who is in the content space, in the media space to see what the opportunities for leveraging content media are uh, to then pivot into the real world and leverage other things that are physical or, or analog. So I, I thought that was really exciting too. Yeah, absolutely. And I've heard people say it before where they're like talking about, well, you know, the only reason that person was able to do that is because they have an audience. And we kind of use that as like a, a way of saying like, well, they're, they're already famous. But we can't negate the fact that it takes a lot of work, a lot of time to build that. And you can do it intentionally. And for those of you that are in a business and thinking about how does this all apply to me? You know, I don't, I'm not going to buy a, a magazine for an entire industry. Well, there are different plays that are similar to that, whether that's, you know, buying an experience or finding a way to offer that experience through content to your customers that can help you leverage your business. So great. A lot of takeaways in this episode, but let's jump in. Put that content down. Content. The clothes on. What's your name? Content. That's my name. <laughs> you know why, mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. Content is for closers. All right, we are back yet again. Another episode of Content is for Closers. And we have someone who has been on this podcast feed before, although I believe that the, the show was titled differently at the time. Craig Fuller, CEO of Flying, or actually, I'll let you introduce yourself because I don't know all your titles, but appreciate you jumping <laughs> on the show. Yeah, thanks, Adam. So I am the CEO of Flying Magazine. I'm also the founder and CEO of Freight Waves, which is a data and media company that serves the, the global supply chain. And, uh, and then I also recently got into a real estate project, sort of a, a spinoff of Flying Magazine, which is a residential fly-in luxury resort in East Tennessee. Yeah. So that's what I'm, you know, really excited to talk to you about and sort of the merger between the first two into this, this last one. But before we get there, I wanted to lay some context. I've, I've seen in some of the articles that you started flying at like 13 or 14 and I'm not, I'm completely out of the pilot world, but how is that even possible? You can't drive a car until 16. So how did your flying experience happen? Well, you can fly with an instructor until you're 16. So that's what okay. I did was I started learning to fly with an instructor when I was 13. I think sort of inspired by Top Gun, Microsoft Flight Simulator. I've always been enamored with airplanes and took up flying lessons at 13 years old. And, uh, and really, aviation's always been something I've been interested in. And so last year, I had the opportunity to buy Flying Magazine. And I did that and looked at ways to sort of monetize that business outside of media and outside of advertising and this opportunity to become, to build a resort and build a community really became apparent to me. 
Yeah, I've seen you refer to the being able to buy that magazine as as the opportunity to buy the Yankees if you're a flying enthusiast or a a, a pilot enthusiast. How did that come about? Like, why did you buy it? How did you even discover that it was something that could be that could be bought? All all of that story. Yeah. So the magazine is something I grew up with. I think it's probably. For folks that are into sports, sort of like Sports Illustrated, but for pilots. Mm -hmm. So it was something that I was familiar with. You know, as a media executive, someone who's been around media, I, you know, I, I think I look at things a little different when I'm reading magazines or consuming content because it's not so much, hey, I'm reading this article and this article is really engaging. It's, you know, how could I potentially do it better? I think anyone who's ever done anything and then goes out and experiences that from an observer standpoint, probably experiences the same sort of perspective on on how things operate. And for me, it was as I sort of got back into aviation, I started reading and consuming the content that was brought to by the the magazine and the, the media outlet and felt like there was a lot of opportunities to upgrade it and a lot of opportunities to, to build onto it. And that's what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you sort of just slid in there that you were, you know, have been in the media space and operating as a media executive, but that's not always the case, right? You used to work in tech, then you, you came into media. Now you're doing media of a different sort and also land development. How are you able to, or what's your process when you're coming into a new industry to be able to sort of get up to speed, seamlessly integrate, and then, you know, you go aggressive when you start doing something. So how, how, what's your process for, for getting into that stuff? Yeah, well, I'm not a media executive by trade. I wasn't trained and had zero formal training in media. I discovered it at through freight waves is essentially when we first started the business, you know, we had trouble getting adoption of our data because people didn't understand it. People didn't understand the need for real time information. There was no equivalent media business that was focused on the real time sort of business of of supply chain and so we ended up creating our own media outlet and i think we found that that was pretty successful as a playbook to do that and as i looked at flying it was taking a magazine which had predominantly been print focused and hadn't really made a significant transition to digital and it was an opportunity to bring those my experience together in building freight waves with this you know, new magazine asset that I had just purchased. Mm -hmm. And what about the tactical steps around that? Like, are you, when, when you buy something like that, that's new, are you hiring a whole new team? Are you leveraging the, you know, teammates that you already had from freight waves and things like that? Or is there any of that infrastructure carryover that helped you push flying out so quickly? Well, I, I, no, I, I brought on a whole new team to flying. It's a completely separate business. But I think one of the sort of features of being a founder and entrepreneur and having both successes and failures along the way is you sort of understand what makes a team click. Mm -hmm. You understand who are the who are the people that you want to to bring on. So I look for people that are high energy, ambitious, are intellectually curious. And I and I would prioritize all of those things over experience. In fact, mm -hmm. I would in some ways, discount experience as a sort of a feature of when I go hire people is because experience, you know, it, one of the challenges of hiring somebody with experience is that you get a lot of bias in their sort of approach to problems. Whereas if you hire someone who's intellectually curious and ambitious, 
they will, you know, try to figure it out. So when I've looked at flying, what I've, I've tried to do, particularly for management wise, is, is bring on leadership that's intellectually curious that can help drive the business and then surround them with, with more tactician folks that may be experienced in their particular area. But I think for, for really what has made flying successful in the transition is the fact that we've looked at it completely fresh and sort of taken an entirely fresh approach to it. Yeah. So, I mean, when you talk about a fresh approach, like very few people buy magazines and then announce shortly after they're going to do, I mean, you, you've only owned it for what, a year and a half or what? Well, actually less than a year. Less so. than a year. Okay. Yeah. So super, super short window of time. And already I've announced a bunch of new stuff, a re redesigned magazine. I think more, more print editions you, you recently talked about, but then the big one is a billion dollar land development in Sequatchie Valley. I mean, where did that idea come from? How did that, how did that come to you? And, you know, from buying a magazine to developing this, this community really? Well, we knew that we had the audience. So I think one of the things that's commonly misunderstood about audiences is that you can either rent your audience through Facebook or Google, or you can own your audience through your own organic content. One of the nice things about owning a leading media brand and whatever vertical you're in is you essentially own that audience. And so that audience is, is yours. You're not renting it uh, from Google and Facebook. If you think about how audience works in terms of acquisition, you can go spend a lot of money to acquire traffic from Google and Facebook. And a lot of businesses, that's sort of what they do. It's easy to operate. You can sort of lean into it. You can accelerate your budgets. You can pull them back. And you can mathematically figure out, well, if I spend X number of dollars, I'll get Y number of, of deals closed. Mm -hmm. The challenge is that you don't actually own that audience. That audience is something you're essentially renting for as long as you're paying. So it, it is, it's a challenge because what you're actually doing is not building something long term. And I think in some ways it's made marketers inherently lazy mm -hmm. because they can get access to audience without having to work very hard because as long as they figure out how to use the algorithms. Now, I would suggest that you still need that strategy, but you should also have organic content. But we knew we had the audience and I think it was, what do we, what can we do or what should we do to help sort of monetize that in ways outside of just advertising and subscriptions, which is really the sort of lifeblood of magazines and really what we identified were a couple of problems that exist in the aviation space, predominantly around aviation real estate or where do you park your airplane? Mm -hmm. So where am I going to put it in a hangar? And what we realized is there wasn't really a lot of the airports around the country are owned by municipalities. Municipalities are not eager to add uh, real estate functions for aircraft storage, if you will, or aircraft hangars particularly for small general aviation aircraft, they tend to focus more on co large corporate jets. We see this here in Chattanooga, where the city and the airport will optimize for jobs and do, you know, provide land and save land for potential air job expansions and projects. But when it comes to providing places to store aircraft, they just weren't willing or able to do that. And so one of the problems that every pilot exists or, or contends with is where do you store your aircraft? And often that's much more difficult than acquiring an aircraft. Yeah. And so one of the things we identified is that there's this massive shortage of hangar space across the country that isn't easily sort of dealt with. People are not building new airports. A lot of new airports are not coming in. 
it's it's not as if hangar space is easy to come by because these are municipal airports and they're not willing to sort of provide it for us. So you have to sort of build onto that. And we went and looked at opportunities to go out and construct that. And one of the things that we felt was, could we take the Blackberry resort model and create an aviation fly-in community that you could have homes and a spa and a hotel all sort of connected in this sort of outdoor lifestyle element? Yeah, it's, a, it's such a unique idea. I mean, you see it in tons of other lifestyle. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. I guess there is, there are a few. I, I've seen you mention the the airport park or airport field in, near out west, near Jackson Hole or something like that. It's the Alpine Air Park in Wyoming. Alpine Air Park. Okay. But but you see it in lots of other lifestyle things like golf or whatever, but not not typically around something as specific as as flying. How does a deal like that come together? Is that something that like, do you just go buy the land? Do you, do you sell, start selling the, this vision to potential owners prior to making that? Like, how, how do you go about doing that? Yeah. So we purchased the land. It was 1500 acres in East Tennessee, and we have not yet broke ground. We've not constructed anything, nor have we platted the property. So essentially we've acquired the land and we own the land. And then we announced that we're doing this airport. Mm -hmm. We announced that we're doing this luxury flying community uh, in East Tennessee. And we announced it through the magazine. So just sort of a demonstration of the power of owning your own audience. Since we announced that, we announced it in February, very first part of February. It is now May. So we're mid-May at this point. We have in that really that three and a half months since we've announced it, we have sold 85 lots. Wow. So we paid 3.65 million for it, the, the land. We paid 2,400 an acre. We are selling the acres at 600,000 an acre and we've sold 85 quarter acres or would be roughly equivalent to 21 acres or is 21 acres. And so, you know, right at about $14 million in, in land is what we've actually sold. And that is simply taking one ad out and or now two ads out in our own magazines. We're essentially paying ourselves to to advertise this air part. And that's what's made it really, really powerful. That's awesome. So what's the response been aside from obviously the 85 people who have have sold that from the community? Are they shocked by this? Are they excited by it? Obviously, it's got to be something pretty, pretty novel for them. I, you're talking about the community in the area? No, just uh, the, the, well, the pilot. So I would say I would characterize it two ways. The aviation community, the flying magazine community is incredibly excited about mm -hmm. it. It's, it is a destination, it is a dream. It is something that I think a lot of people conceptualize. One of the sort of surprising things that we found was that the demographic of pilots are predominantly dudes, men that are really they tend to skew a little bit older than sort of the average. A lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, aviation, when it was sort of growing up, was a lot of the people who are current, currently pilots are, are former military, had, you know, had been in, you know, Vietnam or had been in the Gulf War and are, you know, and so there's an older audience, mm -hmm. um, but it tends to be sort of mid-50s. I would say the audience that is purchased at, that the fields has sort of meets that standard is sort of, you know, empty nesters that are high net worth individuals that are looking for the benefits of living in Tennessee without 
you know, right. Capital gains tax, sure. without income tax, but also very low real estate taxes and low regulation, but are also want to live in a place where it's sort of aviation thing. I think pilots are much like if you've ever known anyone that has a hobby, maybe it's boating. They want to live near the marina. Maybe it's rock climbing. They want to be near the rocks and near the, near the mountains. You have all these sort of communities, these lifestyle communities where it's sort of, I have a theme or I have a hobby and I want to be in around that. And that's the same thing with pilots. I think most people who aren't pilots uh, sort of look at pilots as, you know, aviation is, hey, I'll fly in and out of a location, but the last place I want to be is near an airport. <laughs> I think for pilots, it's quite different. Pilots actually want to be near their airplane. They want to go up and get in an, air, in an aircraft and fly around for, say, an hour or two without having to drive to the airport for 45 minutes. And so one of the things we tried to do is build a location where it really appeals to the pilots because you have the runway there, you have the access there, but it also appeals to the family and appeals to the wife predominantly. And so we mm -hmm. built these resort activities, which makes our property incredibly unique versus any of the other sort of aviation thing properties that are out there. And there are approximately 600 what we call air parks in the United States. These are aviation themed. They have an airport and you can live near your airplane dotted around the U.S. And of those, a very small portion of them would be uh, what we call high-end sort of properties. And probably the most high-end property is this place called Alpine, Wyoming, which is outside of Jackson Hole. The challenge is the weather isn't great for a portion of the year right and the activities are limited yes it's outside of jackson hole but the town itself of alpine is quite small there isn't a lot to do except sort of you know come in there and fly and ski yeah what we've tried to do is build something and are building something that has fishing that has you know outdoor hiking that has mountain biking that has just all these outdoor recreational activities that we want to incorporate in into the experience yeah it's a, it, it's such a great great concept we have a a playground here at the private airport called, I think they call it airport park or airplane park. Actually, have you ever flown here to Greenville, South Carolina? I, I, I have not flown there, but I, okay. I probably know you have triple T and then you triple T and then you have the other at the Greenville airport. Yeah. So this is the, the downtown one. And every Saturday morning you can go over there and they have, we can go over there any day, but Saturday mornings, the runway is packed with exactly your demo who you're talking about. 50 plus year olds and they smartly put a little cafe there or you can just get like eggs and coffee and whatever. And that place is packed every single Saturday. And that's just a cafe at the end of a net. Like there's nothing to see. There's nothing really to do, but they just want to be together and talk and share their, their passion, which is, which is flying. So I could totally see how that extended and, and, and inviting the family. Cause it's, there's no family. It's the it's the pilots themselves and kind of doing their thing. So totally could see how well, it's a community. I mean, it's no different than these bi bicycle. Yeah. You know, if you've ever known anyone who is in bicycling or even motorcycles, is you know, if you've had a friend that has a Harley or, or something, they go on these sort of uh, like Harley runs where they'll they'll take a, a drive through. Yeah. Some part of the country, and and so they they do these things, and so it's the same thing with aviation is that you have pilots have common sort of interest that want to be near, you know, they want to be near each other. It's a community in itself. And I think what we're trying to do is sort of double down on that and, and unite this community and use this resort as a way to do that. 
So with that in mind and just the way that your your brain works, you you now are going to have this cloister of cloister cluster of high net worth individuals who all have this shared passion in this specific area that you know of because you're putting them there. Are there other things that you're already thinking about that you can offer or curate for that specific group? Well, this piece of property has four year round streams. So you've got year-round streams with waterfalls that come down the mountain. You've got rock climbing capabilities, hmm. a thousand feet off the ground. It's on the Calderon Plateau. It's got a river. The Sequatchie River runs through the middle of the property. So you have 41 acres that are 4,000 foot of riverfront in addition to the mountain. So really it's anything sort of outdoors. The stuff that we're not focused on is golf. Mm -hmm. Just think that there's a lot of sort of the golf market's quite crowded. The economics of it don't make sense. So we're trying to really sort of double down or lean into sort of outdoor recreational activities that, you know, equestrian is another one that we're sort of focused on a vineyard and, and a spa. All of that is part of what we're talking about here. Cool. And then what about for you? Like if you just look at your track record, You've taken two areas of great personal interest, supply chain being one, now flying being a second and Bill, you know, very successful media companies. Are there other like, are there other habits or hobbies that Craig has that people should be like buying stock in because, because you're going to launch another media company around? No, look, I, I think generally, I think that everything in business is kind, I think we're going to enter into a new sort of generation of, of, of you sort of look at the evolution of advertising. We went from the old days, sort of the Mad Men studio, you know, newspapers and TV and radio. Then we sort of entered the early days of the internet. Magazines were still a really sort of successful part of the media landscape and advertising landscape. Then we saw what the internet did to newspapers and magazines, and it sort of disrupted that whole model. The vast majority of dollars ended up in the coffers of Facebook and Google in terms of advertising spend. I think we're in this sort of later generation and sort of new generation where content is everything. And I think the really choices as a content producer as someone that's sort of creating a business and you want to drive interest around it is your choices. You can either rent your audience. So it's Google and Facebook, and that becomes your sort of way to get top of the funnel. You can own your audience, which is you produce content that people seek out uh, because it has something interesting and is well-produced and is not viewed as an advertisement per se, but more as something engaging that people can sort of uh, draw into. And the choice is there. You can either buy your way into that, which is buy an existing asset, which I did with flying, mm -hmm. or you can build it uh, the way I did with Freightways is build an entire media business around it. I think the question that you have to ask yourself is, if you are thinking about going down this content journey, do you, is it a buy or build situation? And they're not mutually exclusive. I mean, if you sort of look at it, FreightWaves was largely a built operation, but we also acquired a media business along the way, American Shepherd, and then sort of integrated into our content. And then we went from sort of a trucking publication, a media business, sort of a broader global supply chain business. And that's been very successful transitioning. But Flying was a purchased and acquired media business, but we've also took the staff from three people to, you know, now 18. So it's a situation where you're expanding it. It's a buyer build to get started. And the question is, what do you end up doing? So the way I see this is, it's not so much about me, but it's about, it's about 
you know, generally, if you're sort of going down this journey, is it a buy or build situation? I often think you can buy something cheaper than you can build it, particularly when it comes to content, because the audiences are, are really hard to get sort of to, to build an audience organically is a long slog. It takes a lot of effort to build an audience. And, and one of the nice things about magazine assets is they tend to already have those audiences built into them. Mm -hmm. So having done both now, do you, is seeing pros and cons, et cetera, is there one that you favor as a, as a tactic between buying and building? I think Freightways would not exist if we hadn't gone and built it. There was nothing equivalent to it. I think, frankly, if, if you know, depending on what you're trying to do, if your business is not core to, so Flying Magazine, you know, we could have been a real estate developer and develop this property without the magazine. I think sure. the question would be, what's the chances of success if we had done that? I think buying is a lot easier. And I think there's a, you know, the nice thing on buying media businesses is you can get them for a couple times EBITDA. Right. And so you don't have to, you know, these are relatively inexpensive assets to pick up. They can be cash accretive. And then you can actually, after you, after you own them, then you can sort of scale it up and, and build other types of businesses out of it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Craig, for spending time with us. Thanks for letting us peek under the hood of what you all are doing at Flying and what's coming with the land development. If folks want to check in specifically on Flying, you, what's going on with the Sequatchie Valley property, how can they keep tabs on all of it? The best way to reach me is on Twitter at, at Freight Alley is the best way to reach me. Cool. We'll link that below and appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Adam. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this episode of Content is for Closers. We hope you find this show really helpful as you grow your business with content. Maybe you know of other people who would find this show helpful as well. How about you send them our way? If you didn't like this show and you want to tell us that, then you can head over to contentisforclosers.com where you can send us a message, give us some feedback, ask questions, or find detailed notes for every episode. Until next time, keep creating and keep closing.